1: Hey guys, this is EJ Holland with the Wolverine live recruiting show back on our YouTube channel exclusively. Uh, If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to like this video and hit that subscribe button. You get notifications every time we drop a new video. And when you like this video, it helps us get in front of other Michigan fans as well. So if you enjoy the show, help us out, help us get the message out and you know, as always, subscribe to the TheWolverine.com. We'll have a special offer for you later in this show. But, Zach, how are you doing? Back from Kansas City, man. Excited to be uh, on the show.
0: I'm excited to talk about what great barbecue I had.
1: Well, that's uh, the first question. Which now, this isn't I- the Q&A show, but, Zach, where did you get your barbecue?
0: I had Q39. Yeah, I had Q39, which was south of downtown, had brisket, burnt ends, and a side of vegetables because I'm losing weight. So, had to mix yin and yang. So, it was good, though. Mouth-watering stuff down there in the Midwest. Well, I...
1: I had a a nice time in my home area of Virginia before making the flight out to Dallas. So if you notice, the uh, background is different than usual because I'm literally on a farm and I'm taking care of cows and goats and chickens. And if you got city slicker, there is. Um, Today, I was trying to avoid the mud very carefully try not to scuff up my shoes because I did not bring boots I don't know what I'm supposed to wear out here even though I'm from Texas I I mean I lived in the actual city right like it's not just a bunch of cow farms out here there's an actual downtown Dallas and stuff you know from the city And uh, coming out here to being tasked to take care of farm animals while my in-laws and my wife are at a wedding. And so I'm trying to channel my inner Jim Harbaugh because I am having to deal with with laying hens, which I figured out was a term today, apparently, um, because I did remember that Harbaugh once said that he didn't eat chickens because they were nervous birds, Right. And he has chickens now and he talks about it to recruits and parents. And it's a popular thing he enjoys. And I'm like, wait, but he doesn't eat them. So I figured out, you know, there's laying hens. I'm also taking care of uh, a dog, <laughs> which has been an absolute nightmare. I'm a cat person all the way. The best part of this farm experience is the barn cats. They're the most well behaved. Every all these other animals have been extremely difficult. So (laughs) hopefully, you know, my main goal is that I don't die and that the animals don't die over the course of the next few days. So I'll be in Dallas and around Texas in general, seeing some Michigan recruits and taking care of a farm. But that's for next week's show. This week we're going to talk about. You know, me seeing a couple of uh, key underclassmen targets in Virginia. We're going to talk about Zach's time in Kansas City. But first, some positive momentum on the 2024 front. You know, there's been little news when it comes to 2024 recruiting. Michigan has slipped up in the rankings, now ranked number 15 overall. uh, 25 commits, so not a lot of wiggle room. But we did report that uh, former... Florida defensive line commit Makai Burrow is set to make an official visit, and it will likely be for the game against Purdue. So they're finalizing, you know, the, the fine details for that trip, but it looks like Boiro will be on campus for the game against Purdue in early November. Now you see Bourro is ranked as the number 63 defensive lineman and number 721 overall prospect nationally Um, that is pretty low considering the fact that michigan really really likes him as does georgia and as does florida where he was previously committed so boy just to give you a little bit of background michigan defensive line coach mike elston and defensive coordinator jesse minter went out to see boy row in the spring absolutely loved him he ended up committing to florida before making an official visit to michigan In the summer when he was, you know, scheduled to come in in late June, he recently reopened his recruitment. Georgia became the instant favorite. He visited there but didn't commit on the spot, leaving the door open. He visited Florida this past weekend, so the Gators are still trying to get him back in the class. And now Michigan is squarely back in the mix here and set to get him on campus for an ov. so a lot to digest there um zach what's kind of your takeaway from boy row getting closer and closer to actually making it to campus and do you think michigan's going to be a real factor
0: here with the secs involved i mean yeah it's coming down to four schools right like you mentioned them auburn georgia florida michigan um you reported you want to take an ov and for a kid of his stature, you know, 350 pounds of just one technique power. I mean, if he goes on campus for the first time, you know, let's say next month, um, you know, it's really simple of what you got to do, right? You got to sit him down with Mike Elson and Jesse Minter. You play the film of Mozzie Smith last season. Then you show the clips of Mozzie being drafted in the first round by the Cowboys. Then you show the film of Kenneth Grant and Mason Grant, Mason Graham these first six games. And then you have him sit down with both players. I mean, that's really like the simplest pitch you can have for a kid that is a projected nose tackle. I mean, the on-field opportunities that a kid of his um, abilities can have at a school like Michigan, I mean, it just speaks volumes to what Michigan has done at that position. I mean, you just can't teach size, right? You can't teach his ability to forklift kids off the ground and bulldoze them eight to 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And that's what you see from his film. Um, You know, I was kind of wondering why he was ranked in the 700s um, kind of doing research, you know, taking, comparing films between him and, you know, someone like Kenneth Grant. Um, I think someone like Mackay would benefit from a development system or program like Michigan to help gain a more, expanded pass rush moveset you know i think kenneth grant already had that in high school so and he was ranked in the top 200s um but yeah i think it's really coming down to just you just show him what you can do as a one technique um you know nil could be a factor we're not sure but um you know with auburn georgia and florida you know you're kind of expecting you know nil pitches from those schools so We'll see. But yeah, I think Michigan is a good opportunity to lay it all on the table of what the future can hold for someone of his um, physical frame and what he has already shown on film.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see if NIL will be a big factor here. Now, I do think schools definitely value him more than that three star rating. But is Georgia really willing to spend some NIL here? Is Florida willing to spend some NIL you know, if they're not, that could definitely leave the door open for Michigan. Um, like I said, Mentor and Elston have been working on this one for a while now. They've been down to the Peach State to see him They have a pre-existing relationship with him. So it's not like they're just making a random run at a Georgia kid, you know, late in the cycle. This is a kid that they've really, really had high on the board that they were supposed to you know, get on campus for an OV in the summer, even though that didn't happen. I don't think Michigan ever really lost true contact with Boy Ro. And I mean, he fits the description, like you mentioned, Zach, and, and John A. in the comments, too. You know, he fits the description of a Kenneth Grant type of nose. And Michigan has wanted another one of those types. And there just aren't a lot out there <laughs> worth taking. It's hard to find. True massive mammoth type noses to come in and, and make impacts. I think Kenneth Grant uh, was a, a rare one in the Midwest. I think uh, you know this cycle there aren't a lot of guys out there that fit the mold. And even next cycle, I was looking at Michigan's defensive line offers for twenty twenty five, and you're hard pressed to find you know guys over three hundred pounds. So I think Boy Rose is an important recruit because. You know, he fits that that nose that, that is a Kenneth Grant, and you need more of those guys on the roster, especially for this, you know, defensive scheme. It mirrors, like, the Baltimore Ravens in, in a way, uh, or the old Baltimore Ravens in a way, and they always had, you know, some massive guy in the middle, like, you know, Hello Tinata or, or someone like that. And so I think that getting a boy row would help continue, you know, the, the momentum of the defense. I mean, it's kind of understated how much a big nose, like a Kenneth green or a boy row can really propel a defense or help the defense succeed because big noses like boy row and grant, they not only are, you know, a handful to handle at that nose spot. They also free up opportunities for guys behind them to make plays. So, Really interested to see what comes of the Boiro official visit. Again, not fully, fully locked in yet, but we are expecting him in uh, for the game against Purdue. Now, I do want to remind you guys that this is the uh, Tuesday show, not the Wednesday show. So if you do have questions, make sure to hit that super chat button. It's the little box with the dollar sign. That money goes directly to our travel budget and we'll gladly get To your question. Um, but uh oh, also just a housekeeping note: I will be traveling tomorrow, um, hitting the road again and seeing guys around the DFW area. So we will not be having a Wednesday show tomorrow. So if you do want questions answered this week, best way to do it is to hit that super chat button and get them in on this show. Let's talk about visitors this weekend. Michigan has a home game, the recruiting weekends. Haven't been, you know, super loaded. Uh, you had the self-imposed visit band to kick things off. And then Bowling Green and Rutgers had a few guys, but not necessarily, you know, star studded. This weekend could have a couple of really, really big names. Before we get into the uh, the five star of the group, Zach, you were the first to report that on 300 offensive lineman Avery Gack is ex- uh, is expected to come in. This weekend. Obviously, he's visited on multiple occasions in the past, being an in-state recruit. Um, aside from Bryce Underwood, arguably the most important in-state recruit on Michigan's board. Uh, so thoughts on Avery coming in and, and where Michigan stands come coming into this visit.
0: Yeah, so Avery was supposed to be at the ECU game, so the whole opener, but before before the self-imposed ban took place. Um, this is his return visit after spending two days at the July barbecue at the big house where he got in one-on-one work with offensive line coach Jerome Moore, um, as well as three of the 2024 offensive line commits. And also it was the first time that everyone in the Gash family spent time in a one-on-one meeting with Jim Harbaugh. So, um, you know, Avery's been to Michigan four times in total and he's brought his father, but, you know, bringing his mom to and letting everyone sit down with Jim Harbaugh and just you Know letting Harbaugh see the, the side of him that doesn't get shown much behind, you know, in uh, the, the side of Harbaugh that's shown behind the scenes, you know, that was a big deal for them. Um, like I said, four times in total, he, you know, obviously is very intrigued with the offensive line development. Um, he does plan to enroll in business school, so um, it was actually interesting. One of during the Harbaugh meeting, I think like most of that meeting was spent talking about the Ross school, so getting a chance to learn, you know, the on and off the field kind of things at Michigan while getting in closer with Cheryl uh, Moore and, you know, also area recruiter Ron Bellamy is a big deal. Um What's interesting about Avery, and I've kind of thought of this, had this thought for the last, like, kind of 12 hours, 24 hours. Um, You know, last night I uh, was watching OSU, like Ohio State podcast, talking about, like, Bryce West and Aaron Scott and how those re- recruitments were with Michigan and Michigan State and, you know, how Ohio State's narrative was just, you know, you can't let them leave. You can't let them leave the home state to go to the rival school. Like, I, I feel like that's my my stance right now with Avery Gash. And I bring up Ohio State because I feel like Ohio State is arguably the team that Michigan needs to be most concerned for in this recruitment. Um, Gash, w- Ohio State was one of the first schools to offer him last year um he was actually at columbus in f- last week for the game against maryland he's also expected to return to columbus on november 11th when michigan state comes to town so i mean he's just he's such a must for michigan and now that is transpiring that michigan might get in another battle with ohio state and the fact that he's a kid who's 45 minutes away from campus like you just can't let him leave he's he is a must. And I know some people say we take use that word like with liberally, but with, you know, we're pretty liberal with that kind of word, but he is an absolute must. Um, You know, he is a, a kid who's like six foot six, 290 pounds, um, just a mastodon with a mean streak who loves to bully kids. Um, You know, he's has that local ties. He's just a must. And people might say, wait a minute, you know, isn't he a Michigan state legacy? Yes. But we all know what's happening at Michigan State. So, obviously, there's other interests, too. Like, he went down to Georgia. He's been to the South quite a bit. A lot of SEC schools have entered the mix. But, you know, considering how much Ohio State has made Avery Gash a priority, I think this might come down to another Michigan-Ohio Michigan, State battle. And, you know, it's just repeat of what we saw this previous summer with the 2024 class from the kids in Ohio. So, it's going to be a fun one to watch. But, yeah, I think if you lose mm. – if he lose if Michigan loses someone loses someone like Avery to Ohio State it would just be it would be it, it would it would suck just because of the success that Michigan's had with the two-time Joe Moore winning trophies um, the success that Sheryl Morris had his recruiting abilities and just the um, level of education that Avery's trying to pursue which can be found at Michigan
1: yeah so obviously you know gash an important in-state recruit another recruit with strong ties to Michigan is DJ Pickett five-star safety, the number one safety in the country, the number eight overall recruit in the country as well. Uh, I had a big story on DJ Pickett over at the Wolverine.com. Great feature with his mother, Tammy. Uh, It's completely free actually, but you can read it at the Wolverine.com. A lot of great stuff from her detailing the family's interest in Michigan, their ties to Michigan. His mother actually attended the university, and he has a few other ties to to Michigan as well. His grandmother lives less than an hour away from the big house. In fact, if DJ Pickett was an in-state recruit, he would actually be a teammate of Brady Preschool. So, (laughs) you know, he would have been five minutes away from you, Zach. I know. That's, I know. I would talk Pickett. So I do have an update that I will share here on the podcast that I haven't even posted on the Wolverine yet. But his mother did message me um, a couple hours ago and said that the visit is now a maybe because they had a death in the family. So hopefully everything is okay with Pickett and his family um, as they go through that. As soon as I get a uh, confirmation that Pickett is a no-go or is still a go, I will let you guys know over at thewolverine.com, but just wanted to make a note that uh, Pickett is downgraded to a maybe because of a death in the family. Um, But let's just assume that, that he is able to make it this weekend, or even if he doesn't. Look, Michigan has been a constant in this recruitment. The Wolverines have done a fantastic job of not only recruiting him, But his mom, like I said, go read that interview I had with his mom and you can just tell how much she loves the university and the coaching staff. Pickett knows he'll have an opportunity to come in and play early at Michigan. I think Will Johnson can be an easy selling point to him. Will obviously had a pick six uh, over the weekend, came in and made a big impact right away as a true freshman last year. Uh, so, you know, Michigan is going to play the best players. I think Pickett knows that, and they can use Will as an example. Um, like I said, the ties to Michigan. I mean, having his grandma live, you know, not too far away from the big house, uh, his mom having attended Michigan and the other ties he has, I mean, that helps as well. And I don't get the sense that NIL is going to be the biggest of factors in this recruitment either. I think uh, his, his mother, Tammy, broke it down Perfectly in the story that I did with her so everything's kind of lining up well for Michigan in this recruitment I buy Michigan as a true contender when it comes to to DJ Pickett and I know a lot of fans have been down on Michigan and their pursuit of five-star level prospects that aren't in the region but even though Pickett is you know a, a Florida kid he's kind of a Michigan kid in the sense that he's always in the state. He's been to campus multiple times. He has the ties. He's a legacy, basically. So, you know, it uh, it's it's shaping up well for Michigan, but you you do have the other strong contenders. I think Georgia and Florida are the other two schools right at the top of his list. Georgia was actually at his game when I went out there a couple of weeks ago. Florida got him on campus back-to-back weeks. And then you have some others that are heavily involved here as well. Alabama, uh, Oregon is set to get them on campus next weekend. Texas has been making a big push as well. But I really like where Michigan stands here. If they can get them back on campus that, this weekend, that'd be great. If uh, Pickett can't make it because of, of the family situation going on, I still think the Wolverines will probably get him in for that game against Ohio State. Anyway, um, you know, the families the family visits um, the state of Michigan quite often. So, you know, I'd imagine if Pickett isn't in the playoffs himself or his high school team uh, at the time of the game against Ohio State, it, it makes sense with it being Thanksgiving that he would be in town for that game. So um, I wouldn't worry too much if Pickett is unable to make it because of the family situation. But like I said, I'll keep you guys – up to date over at the wolverine.com uh, as soon as i get an answer either way but i'm not going to press the picket family uh too much and, and zach will be on the sidelines as well on saturday um to see if Pickett actually made it in or not but again i don't want to push it too much given the uh, sensitivity of the situation and again hopefully everything goes well um with Pickett yeah. and his family but um outside of, of Pickett and Gatch, it's a uh, it's a pretty quiet weekend. There's some other, you know, a few other notable names. Zach has been a gr- doing a great job of keeping a full updated list over at TheWolverine.com. So if you want that, head over to TheWolverine.com right now. You can actually subscribe for just $1 for one month. That gets you premium insider recruiting information, team information, basketball, basketball recruiting, NIL transfer portal, and so much more Um Get everything you need as Michigan makes another big run and sprint towards the college football playoff, all for just $1 for one month at thewolverine.com. All right, Zach, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about your Kansas City trip. Um, I believe you are the only person on the Michigan beat that has seen Andrew Sprague um, on 300 offensive tackle. You saw him at the Under Armour camp in Kansas City In the offseason, now you had a chance to see him in-game. You know, I think everybody knows that I've been really high uh, on Sprague for a while. I drafted him on my team that demolished that team. It
0: didn't demolish, but you did draft him. And I wish, looking back on it, I wish I
1: drafted him. You know, and I've always had him graded around the top 100 area, like right on the border line of being a top 100 guy. Um, And I I always said with a strong senior season, I thought he could leap into that top 100 range. And he's almost there on three has hasn't ranked as the number 11 offensive tackle and number 123 overall prospect nationally. He's 122 on the industry ranking, which factors in all four sites. Um, Zach, did you come away feeling like Sprague should be in the top 100?
0: Did he make his case to you? I mean, he would certainly made his case that he was a top ten tackle, right in the country. And given how On Three specifically has ranked the tackles, all top ten t- offensive tackles for a twenty twenty four class are ranked in the top one hundred. So um, he he would fall into that category. Yes, I absolutely believe that he is a top one hundred player. Um, I, I I also I, I feel I felt the same way to an extent in April when I saw him now, granted, that was just a camp. He just did testing drills. He had an injury, so he didn't participate in any one-on-ones, but just his movement, right? Like at six foot eight and 290 pounds at his current size right now, like you just don't get that for he's an anomaly for how well he moves for that size and how well how technique, how well he does with technique. He reminded me a lot when actually when you and I were in D.C. to see Evan Link play against Nick Harbor last season. It's just two guys who have similar sizes um, just understand the game and how to play that left tackle spot so well and just have a command as a blindside blocker. So, I mean, on Friday he recorded like multiple pancake blocks. I counted like six. Um, Like I said, just a polished, polished offensive lineman, probably arguably the most polished offensive tackle that I have seen on the road so far. Um, during the game, right, like he, he showed proper hand placement despite playing kids that were like six inches or even a foot smaller than him. Um, he was responsible for a lot of pulling, um, a lot of screens, like um, getting to the second level to to find a linebacker. Uh, he had a proper kick step, right, right? Um, he he can move his foot back enough to wall up a you know a, a faster five technique or even a stand up edge, um, and he also just finished blocks right. Like I think that's just a commonality with everyone in this twenty twenty four recruiting class for Michigan on the offensive line. They're just guys who love to finish blocks. Um, he he he's a he's a regular offensive left tackle at his high school for Rockhurst and. I felt like, you know, watching him in film these first six games of the season, I felt like that would be his position in college. And after watching him in person, I feel like that's where he will end up on Michigan's offensive line. I mean, this kid's just a competitor, right? Like they, his team won 14 to 10, um, big rivalry game. But, you know, there's just that feeling of like, oh, I could have done better, right? The kid wants more uh, out of his performances, even though he excelled. He, you know, after the game, he talked about, sort of just the bond too of everyone in the class especially those five offensive linemen you know everyone has kind of the same actually the exact same goals and aspirations once they arrive at Michigan and I think that's just the reason why he committed to in the first place right like I remember him talking to us after he committed about just comparing everything to Michigan I think Michigan's offensive line success just spoke so well to him and given how well he's given his uh, potential right now, I think he's someone that can work his way to fast tracking mm-hmm. to finding the field early. Um, You know, just with guys by his side, with the bond that's that's so tight. You know, I I, I don't think I've ever seen a friendship between recruits as well as those five offensive linemen. So he's going to be enrolling in June after football. He's going to transition to workouts so he doesn't get behind in fall camp and stay on par with the early enrollees. And yeah, we'll see. I think Michigan just found a an I guess, a student of a game, especially one who has the whereabouts, the motivation, the the competitive drive, and just who leads by example of someone that could be a captain once he becomes an upperclassman.
1: Definitely. So I saw a pair of underclassmen recruits while on the road in Virginia before I talk about that. Uh, do you want to bring you a message from our sponsor for tonight's show? And that is Lewis Jewelers. Lewis Jewelers has been serving The Ann Arbor and Detroit region since 1921, Lewis Jewelers' reputation and continued success stems from their belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service, and quality products. Lewis Jewelers are a proud partner of Michigan Athletics. To ensure every client that walks through their doors or peruses their virtual stores taken care of, they have a non-commissioned trusted advisor team that's always ready to provide a professional experience, advice, and expertise No pressure, no commission. Located in the bustling city limits of Ann Arbor, Michigan, Lewis Jewelers proudly serves Ann Arbor and surrounding southeastern Michigan communities by providing an exquisite selection of fine jewelry, as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. You can visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. And uh, if you guys missed it earlier in the show, I... I am on a farm right now because my wife is at her brother-in-law's wedding and the entire family is there while I stay back and take care of the farm animals. And as I mentioned several shows ago, I went to Lewis Jewelers and got my brother-in-law one of these golden dog tags and shipped it with my wife to Mexico. So if you're not getting gifts from Lewis Jewelers, you're doing it wrong. All right, let's wrap up the show. Actually, we have a weird, creepy question that just popped up. Might as well answer it. It's not the Q and A, and it's not a super chat, but it's you know, it's kind of just a random question. So, and it is spooky season. Zach, do
0: you believe in ghosts? I believe in friendly ghosts, like a ghost who can.
1: <laughs> no, are you like seven? Are you like hoping Casper shows up?
0: No, you? like yeah, like <laughs> like if... You're a ghost, like you gotta be friendly, you know, like just like a nice little roommate or something. Like I don't I don't believe in all that scary stuff. I don't I don't
1: you have that. to did you say you have to be a nice little kid? Like you're you're no. hoping a child died
0: and no, came, like, gotta like like if you die, right, and I move into your house, like you gotta help me like do the dishes, fold the laundry, you know, watch <laughs> we gotta pick we gotta be agreeing on what shows we watch like you just it can't be that,
1: isn't that just Casper isn't he doesn't he like hang out with the children? Is that what you're just you're envisioning your life being with a ghost? Casper wasn't
0: young. He was just like ghost. Like I Yeah, I
1: know, but he he was just like, you know, friends with the children, right? That's why they they call him the friendly ghost.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen Casper in like I don't years. know either. I just like I'm imagining like a nice like booberry kind of like ghost, you know, like just one that would eat breakfast with you or something or oh them. yes Zach's favorite one one day we'll do a cereal draft where Zach
1: drafts cookie crisp boo berries and uh other bubbles just <laughs> nonsensical cereals <laughs> okay that was just a weird question and a weird answer from Wait, well, wait no no
0: it's not weird it's just he like, wants a
1: friendly ghost to
0: come hang out with him yeah I mean just like another roommate you know like just help me pay the rent I guess you know <laughs> okay <laughs> um yes a
1: uh, b- very weird answer there from zach i mean <laughs> i i do believe in ghosts i mean I, i'm mexican at heart and that's you know big part of the culture is you know kind of creepy things you have the chupacabra you have la llorona you have santa muerte you have ghosts coming around you know so yeah i believe in ghosts uh, you know definitely there could be some friendly ghosts, I guess, that would want to hang out with Zach in some <laughs> creepy way, which probably makes it more creepy. Like if you're just a, if you have a ghost show up, like you're supposed to be scary. I don't want you to hang out with me, like Zach. But anyway, I don't even know why why I selected this question from JC. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, guess we'll talk about ghosts again closer to Halloween. Uh, and
0: coming up soon.
1: It is coming up soon. Halloween is right around the corner. I think I will be in Nashville to see Michigan commit Mason Curtis around that area. So we'll see. Um, But wrapping up the show, I uh, was in Virginia and had a chance to see 200 classman targets. One is three star 2025 defensive back Jamari DeLoach out of Chesapeake, Oscar Smith. Now, Deloach doesn't have a ranking on three of the four services. The only uh, service that has him ranked is on three, which has him there as a three-star um, and in the 30s as a as a corner. Um, and if you look at the on-three recruiting prediction machine, um, the second place, t- Michigan has a hefty lead here, 79.3% chance of landing him. They hosted him for the barbecue at the big house. The second place team on the on-three RPM is, is the fighting EJ Wives uh, of Old Dominion. And, uh, you know, they're not a huge threat. He does like schools like Duke and Wake Forest. So not a lot of competition for Deloche. He's still kind of flying under the radar when it comes to, you know, his recruitment. But Michigan absolutely loves this kid, man. They value him way higher than on threes ranking and the no ranking by the other services. Like I said, they brought him in for the barbecue at the big house. I've checked in with sources. At Michigan and they've compared Deloach to Mike Saner still they really feel like this is the next hidden gem diamond in the rough type of guy that can come in and be a Swiss army knife in the defensive backfield and just completely outplay his ranking and I've now seen him twice I saw him at a practice in August following his barbecue trip and obviously uh, at the game on Friday night and I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely an interesting prospect. He's listed at six foot, but he's definitely shorter than that. He's right at about five foot 10 170 pounds. But he just plays with an attacking mentality, man. He loves to come up and hit people. Uh, he makes a lot of plays on the ball. He covers really well on an island as an outside corner. I think he is the perfect fit for that Mike Saner still role. In fact, when I saw him in August for the first time, I texted a source at Michigan and was like, this kid's like Mike Sainer still, who I didn't cover as a recruit, but just from seeing Michigan games every now and then, you know, I kind of likened him to Sainer still. And he said, yeah, that's exactly who we see him as. And, you know, I talked to Deloach after the game and he talked to me about how uh, Michigan defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter sends him clips of Sainer still every week and shows him how he would fit into the defense. So yeah, I, I really like uh, Deloach as a prospect and he's fast, man. He had the number one indoor track time in the 200 meter and the 300 meter in the state of Virginia as a sophomore. So really good speed from him, really good track time. So he definitely checks that box, which you know is something Michigan really looks at when it comes to DBs. Um, he is planning to get back to Michigan soon, and yeah, I feel like if Michigan, you know continues to push for Deloche, it would be surprising not to see him in the class unless distance becomes a factor. Like I said, Duke uh, and Wake Forest are two schools that are on him heavily. Duke just hosted him for a visit, Wake Forest visit, coming up this weekend, I believe. Um, But he is trying to get back to Michigan, whether it's for that Purdue or the Ohio State game. And then lastly, um, it's not often I see 26s on the road, but I thought I'd head over to Richmond, Virginia to see top 100 offensive lineman Darius Gray. Sharon Moore is getting a head start on recruiting offensive linemen in the 2026 class. In fact, Moore has already sent out 12 offers to offensive linemen in 2026. Gray was <laughs> man. He was fun to watch. I went there and it was like, you know, it's a 2026 offensive lineman on a Saturday afternoon not sure what, you know, I'm going to get out of this game. And I mean, if you watch my clips on the YouTube channel, just go watch Darius Gray on the Wolverine YouTube channel. And he absolutely bullies people. Um, man, he is just a, a guy that looks like a senior already um, at six three, two 285. He plays left tackle for his high school team out of necessity, but uh, he does project as an interior offensive lineman at the next level um like i said more offered him in the spring and it's a no-brainer offer i mean When you're talking about offensive linemen this young, you're usually offering on potential and what they become. Darius Gray is already as polished as you can get. I am worried about him having a bit of a limited ceiling, especially as an interior offensive lineman and how good he is already. But man, the product he puts out there is already superb. So uh, a lot to like about Darius Gray. And he seems genuinely interested, like, I interviewed him for the first time um, in the spring. I, this is my second time seeing him. I saw him at the Under Armour camp in Baltimore shortly after Michigan offered. And, you know, and it looks like John A. Schultz uh, in our comments watched the video. He looked like a man in those clips. Yeah, he really did. Um, but it was funny when I first talked to him in the spring. I said, man, Michigan just offered you, you know, how are you feeling about the offer? And he was like, I love the cold. I love the offensive line culture. Like that was something he you know, really, really was excited about. So I know like South Carolina has the lead early lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine, but I think he's really open to playing in big 10 country. Michigan obviously produces high level offensive linemen. You know, you, if you're an offensive lineman, you kind of want to play in the big 10, especially at Michigan back-to-back Joe Moore awards already building a great relationship with Sharon Moore. So yeah, I think gray definitely checks the boxes as a top 100 recruit nationally in 2026. And, you know, I know that's really far away, but, uh, you know, he, he is one to keep on your radar in years to come. So, like I said, guys, I am in the great state of Texas carrying four cows and making the rounds. I will be seeing Michigan commit Blake Frazier in a couple of days and several underclassmen targets. Zach will be seeing a pair of big underclassmen targets in the state of Ohio going into enemy territory So uh, we'll have updates on all of that on next week's show. Remember, we will not be having a Wednesday show due to travel. So apologies for that. In advance, we went a little long today since we won't have one tomorrow. And yes, the goal for this week for me is for the farm animals not to die and for them not to kill me. So (laughs) hopefully I won't be a friendly ghost next week hanging out with Zach. Hopefully I'll be alive And well, and if you want to keep asking us weird questions to continue to get weird responses from Zach, anyone, anytime someone asks an off-topic question, you always get weird answers from Zach. So keep asking the (laughs) off-topic questions and make sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to thewolverine.com and we will see you all next week.